Will you be okay mentally if this is the week that Kyle Pitts goes the fuck off on no. your bench? No, I will not. Yo, 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 what up, dogs? And welcome to episode number 92 of the Fantasy Football Dogs Podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Panter, and as always, I'm here with my pal in real life, but my foe in fantasy, Nathan Nate Dog McDonald. Josiah got buried this weekend. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, I did. Not, in fantasy, my teams did good, but yeah. yeah, we'll talk about it. But just about every person I recommended to you got injured or benched this week. So uh, I... And it was a bad day as an analyst. Is this like the most impactful week of fantasy so far, just as far as like injuries and trades and, you know, benchings? And I feel like it is just there's I've got. Yeah, more I mean, this the week that the week that Javante Williams got injured was also dark. Yeah. I remember several other injuries as well there. Yeah, that was a rough um, one, too. And then, you know, I thought that might have been the same week as the Trey Lance as well. So, yeah. I, you know, I think for me, those 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 also hurt. But yeah, this one, this one's a little bit more worse. This was a dark, uh, a dark Sunday uh, as far as injuries goes. But uh, let's go ahead and jump in and talk about some of these uh, injuries. Um, you know, obviously the main one off the. Top of the marquee here is Mr. Brees Hall, the RB7, my top dog, goes down for the season. Uh, you were the golden child, Brees. You were the chosen one. Why? Why is the running back position? Like, all at this point, it's just please don't, like, be impactful for the rest of his career. Like, yeah. please just let him come back and be the same guy because, boy, he was absolutely electric to watch. And just the Jets you know, finally had a little bit of ray of sunshine in their lives for the first time in probably over a decade. And, and it's just not looking as bright right now, but uh, yeah, your thoughts on the Brees Hall injuries. And then if you'd, you'd like, you can go over the long list of uh, the other one. Yeah, it really sucks. Um, you know, you and I have been back and forth on who, we, you know, we think is better between Walker and Hall. And I just really wanted to watch these guys play the whole season. They're both electrifying, really good young backs that are top dynasty assets uh, and still are. But, man, it just sucks. Um, you know, I don't think this will affect his career long term. But, you know, we've also seen some guys struggle to come back like J.K. and Saquon. Um, but you know, hopefully he'll be more like, you know, Dalvin or Adrian Peterson, those guys who can come back and you know be the same just next year. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it just sucks. It sucks for the, um, Jets, uh, but they also lost Elijah Vera Tucker. He's done for the year, uh, torn tricep as well. So best offensive lineman now gone as well. So yeah, the Jets, um, you know, it was too good to be true for a little while and the football gods struck them back down. Uh, sucks there. Uh, another big name going down is Mike Williams suffered a high ankle sprain. That looks like it could have been even worse. Uh, another top dog of mine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I suspect he'll miss probably like three to six games or so. Cause that one looked really bad. Um, it, he's honestly lucky it didn't break. Um, another guy that suffered a high ankle sprain, a high ankle sprain is a uh, David and Joku. Uh, his doesn't seem to be quite as bad, but he's still probably going to miss like two to five weeks or so. 
Um, so be on the lookout for him. He was having a breakout year. Um, another guy that Josiah owns in many leagues and as do I, uh, unfortunate, but uh, hopefully he'll get back to doing what he's done all season uh, when he returns. Uh, DK Metcalf was carted off the field with a knee injury. Uh, it looked like it could have been a disastrous knee injury to um, his patella, but it looks like they've avoided that. Um, Pete Carroll said he won't need surgery, uh, but he probably is going to miss a game or two. So just keep an eye on his status going forward. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, he did no favors to fantasy owners because he went into concussion protocol this week. Um, Dan Campbell actually said he didn't have a concussion per se, but he was held out because he was looked a little bit woozy and wobbly and they, you know, held him out in that, um, on that note, but hopefully that's, um, promising for his status for this week, just because, you know, if he really didn't have a concussion, then he should clear their protocol pretty quickly. Uh, Daniel Bellinger is out for the foreseeable future due to breaking his eye socket, which, we wish him the best because that that is horrible. Um, they said his eye looked pretty bad, so hopefully he has no long-term damage there and can come back to full strength because he was honestly having a very, very good rookie year, um, better than you normally get for a rookie tight end. So um, Alan Lazard has a shoulder injury. He's questionable for week eight. Zeke has a bruised knee. He's questionable for week eight as well. Um, Chuba Hubbard, questionable with an ankle injury, but he seems more than likely to not to play. Uh, Mike Boone likely out multiple weeks with ankle sprain. So it's down to Melvin Gordon and Latavius Murray. Take your pick. Uh, Russell Wilson trending in the direction to play this week, according to Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, he's using that Wolverine blood to recover so fast. Um, yes. uh, God, that dude's so lame. Um, then uh, we have James Conner. He's questionable with a rim injury, but. Uh, Probably best for the Cardinals if he just stays on the sideline because Eno Benjamin looked way more effective uh, this last week. So that is the end of my very, very long injury list. Uh, anything you'd like to add? Yeah, so it's Brees Hall, my top dog running back. Mike Williams, my top dog receiver. David and Joku, my value tight end. So just <laughs> a laundry list of names of, of, of name, guys I was high on drafted a lot of and, and you know, told you guys to do the same. So it's disappointing. Um, you know, Mike Williams was the wide receiver nine. So, uh, you know, he was doing very well. Brees Hall obviously was the running back seven. So felt really good about both of those calls. But, um, you know, Mike Williams might be able to come back and, you know, have some good good games at the end of the year. But uh, often with these ankle injuries, guys take a little bit longer, even after they're healed up to kind of get back to form. So mm-hmm. honestly, it's, it's probably going to be damp- a damper for the rest of the year. So disappointing, disappointing. But uh, – yeah, well, let's move on to there was a couple of exciting trades. So this is a little bit more fun news. So let's talk about some of those big time trade. Christian McCaffrey goes to my hated rivals, the 49ers uh, for what was it? A second, a third and a fourth. Um, maybe one other pick. I'm not. I think. Yeah, uh, it was a second, a fourth, a f- second, third, fourth in two, 2023. Um, and then a uh, a fifth in 2024. Gotcha. So uh yeah, that's that's what they get. Uh, they're probably going to re-sign McCaffrey to, um, you know, or restructure his contract and uh, make him a long-term option there. But yeah, a huge trade. The Panthers are in full rebuild mode, it seems. So they're tanking and McCaffrey didn't fit that narrative. So send them off to the 49ers who believe they have a chance to, you know, win the NFC West this year with the Rams being down and uh, you know, the Rams are going to have to get it, it together. It's going to be the Seahawks and the 49ers duking it out for that division. So 49ers make a big addition there. Uh, what are your thoughts on this trade? 
Yeah, man. I mean, you know, it was reported that the Carolina Panthers were looking for two first. I think we all knew that wasn't going to happen. Well, I thought they might get a first, but honestly, second, third, fourth, you know, the throwaway fifth, whatever. I think that's decent value for, uh, you know, he's not super old or anything, but, you mm-hmm. know, a uh, uh, running back that's a little bit longer in the tooth. And um, it, yeah, man, there's so many fantasy implications for this. I mean, obviously, there's going to be some guys on the waiver wire. The, on the Panthers that that you know did very well uh in McCaffrey's absence uh McCaffrey had six touches in his first game with the uh 49ers and got like nine and a half fantasy points so it was literally you know averaging over a, a point and a half per touch um it's it's uh you know obviously the Elijah Mitchell owners um and uh you know, I guess the Jeff Wilson owners as well, probably going to take a big hit there. Although I still do think it'll be somewhat of a committee, but, uh, but yeah, I think for Christian McCaffrey's long-term value, this is definitely um, an up arrow for me. I think that uh, aside from the insane injury concerns from both the player and the team at the running back position, uh, you know, when he's on the field, I really think this is going to be a very, very effective running game and McCaffrey will be one of the, probably one of the most efficient backs in the league. Yeah, I definitely agree on the efficiency side. I still think he'll be limited to probably, you know, 15 touches or under a game, you know, maybe 20 on games where they're really fighting it out and, you know, big time division games that they're winning for playoff uh, contingency. But yeah, he's, he's going to be in an offense that allows him to score way more touchdowns this year. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, he also has more competition for touches, especially when Elijah Mitchell gets back. So I think they will try to rotate him in to keep, um, you know, McCaffrey fresh and ready for the playoff run. But uh, yeah, he's, yeah, I do think this gave him a bump for uh, this year in redraft. Uh, next man up is Mr. James Robinson has been traded to the Jets. Uh, they made the move to help replace uh, Brees Hall. Um, it's uh, Right now it's a six-rounder, will likely become a fifth. I think he only needs like 250, 300 more rushing yards to make it a fifth-rounder. So uh, that's what it's probably going to be. Uh, I think that's good value. And, um, you know, him plus Michael Carter, uh, obviously I don't think he's going to get the full workload that Brees was getting. Uh, Michael Carter pick up probably a little bit bigger slice of the pie. But I think he is going to be, you know, the go-to first and second down guy. So what are your thoughts? Well, um, I think, uh, you know, so obviously James Robinson was an undrafted free agent. I mean, obviously he didn't perform as as such, but, you know, technically that's the highest draft capital that's ever been spent on him. Uh, so Jaguars in that way gained value. But um, I think it'll be a good combination, him and Michael Carter. They're, you know, a good complimentary backs. He's he, he'll his contract is up at the end of this year i believe mm-hmm. um james yeah. robinson so he'll probably likely hit free agency mm-hmm. uh because you know Brees will come back and and take that over so no threat there i'm not worried about that so um yeah i think it's really just a matter of how how much uh can james robinson eat into the workload for the first couple games i'd definitely probably rather stick with uh michael carter but it'll be interesting to see um you know how it plays out in the future i uh, do think the jets are going to I mean, Brees was really the center of their offense. Like it wasn't Zach Wilson's passing that's been, you know, carrying carrying them. So Zach Wilson's going to have to step up. And if that doesn't happen, I think, yeah, the Jets, uh, you know, really fun start to the season. Uh, They kind of come to a grinding halt. But I hope that doesn't happen. It's been really fun. Uh, But, yeah, one thing I will say, 
my my redraft top dog was Brees Hall, and he went down this week. But my dynasty top dog was Mr. Travis Etienne. And party for the Travis Etienne owners, baby. Let's go. He's I so I still think that you know um he doesn't need to get like 20 to 25 touches a game necessarily. He's probably, I mean, he's 215. He's not a small guy. I think people think he's smaller than he is, but he's mm. not a 225, 230 guy that I'm like really confident I can, you know, really, but he's been so efficient with him. not, not just his, his, I mean, his pass catching has been minimal. It's really been his rushing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, he's had games where he's averaging almost 10 yards a carry. So, um, it's uh it's 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 really exciting. I think that Travis Etienne for me at this point is probably a top seven uh dynasty running back. Um I think it's gonna be really exciting to see. And he did have his first really, really explosive game. So all of the annoying hype that I was heaping on Brees Hall for this season, I am now gonna convert that into Travis Etienne energy. It is ass Etienne season, baby. I like it. That is a good coping mechanism. So stick with it. Uh, yeah, no, Travis Etienne has been, and you know, James Robinson's been good this year, but Etienne's flat out been better. He's averaging 6.1 yards per carry. He's given them those explosive runs. Uh, so yeah, they, you know, this last week they gave Robinson basically zero work, I think, because they were looking at trading him. Um, because the week before he was very, very efficient with his touches was a you know big part of their offense, got double digit touches. So, uh, you know, nothing wrong with James Robinson there, but uh, Travis Etienne's just been better. So now he gets to be the workhorse back. Uh, I think, you know, he'll probably get rested a little bit more. Like you said, I don't think he can take quite the workload that, you know, Brees or some of these other guys can. But, um, you know, he's he's really efficient with his work and he's going to get 15 to 20 touches a game for sure. So, um, yeah, Travis Etienne is definitely a dynasty riser. Yes, very exciting. Very exciting. So, so all right. Well, that pretty much. Uh, oh, no, we do have more news. We also have some quarterback situations, a couple of them going on. So uh, if you'd like, we can start with another of my top dogs going down. Matt Ryan for the season being benched. You know, in my opinion, this is a little Excessive. extreme. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, he, you know, he's had good games. He's had bad games. Um, I, I maybe there was some huge argument and he called, you know, Frank Wright horrible names. I don't know what's going on, but Zach Ellinger is going to be the starter for the it's rest same, of the season. Sam Ellinger. <laughs> Sam Ellinger. Oh shit! <laughs> Fuck! I don't know who Zach Ellinger is, but <laughs> Sam Sam Ellinger uh, from Texas. Uh, wow. Um, yeah. So that that goes to show you who this guy is. No, but uh, yeah, that that's pretty interesting to me. Ellinger's it's kind of going to be kind of interesting. I mean, we'll talk about him a little bit more in the waiver wire, but um, you know, he's uh, I guess the guy you got to pick up, and he rushed a lot in college, so uh, we might have some some more of that than than we're used to seeing. But what are your thoughts on that? And uh, fuck, that's my that's literally all of my top guys wiped out unless Cole Komet, uh, you know, comes <laughs> so, so bad bad season. Uh, I mean, you know, my teams are still doing all right, but uh, yeah, I'm sorry that all of the guys I recommended are now disintegrated. Yeah, I, I don't know how you can call yourself a fan of Texas Longhorn football and not know who Sam Ellinger is. Come on now. Uh, I, I think he honestly, uh, I hope Zach Ellinger wasn't his brother. Because, uh, <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> he had a, there's a whole, whole situation yeah. with these. 
Yeah. Um, so, anyways, um, we'll keep on moving. But yeah, what are your thoughts on Sam Ellinger and the Matt Ryan benching? Uh, yeah, it's it throws in a whole lot of uncertainty uh, into like Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce. Those guys have been relatively steady, so now you do not know what to expect. Uh, I do think Ellinger can do adds a dimension to the game that Matt Ryan just doesn't, and that his arm isn't completely shot. I think he can throw a little bit more deep balls, get the defenses to back off a little bit more. Uh, and also in college, he was very, very good with his legs. He can roll out and uh, extend plays. He can, you know, make, uh, you know, first downs and extra yards happen and get touchdowns with his legs as well. So um, he's very diverse in that way. So maybe they're just trying to do that because Matt Ryan is not getting it done standing in the pocket. I think he leads the leagues in like sacks and quarterback turnovers. So, mm. yeah, it's um, it's been a rough go of it. This is still surprising to me because he's not even being listed as the backup. He's Nick Foles is the number two and Matt Ryan is just like the number three guy sitting on the bench. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's pretty wild. It's a pretty big fall from grace. If we've learned anything from this, it is that if the Falcons trade away a veteran player, that player is washed. You just take that into account in Dynasty. Muhammad Sanu, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan, if they trade off, so if Cordell Patterson gets traded at the end of this year, get rid of him because he's done. Yeah, uh, no, we got second round picks for all of those, which is insane because Muhammad Sanu guys the same values. Yeah, I don't think he made it guys, out of preseason. But, yeah, so uh, yeah, that that is wild. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it's crazy. To see, we did. It seems trade him away at the right time. It'll be interesting to see if Matt Ryan has another shot down the road somewhere. I'm sure at this point he'll be looking for either a trade or uh, maybe they'll just cut him. And it seems to be, you know, at that point. So mm. um, you never know when he could maybe come back and perform a little bit better. But yeah, that's that. This one hurts the most because the other guys they were doing well and they got injured, and this guy just got benched for a guy that I didn't even know his first name. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 rough. But anyways, let's move on to the next one. The next one affects a guy that it's a little bit more near and dear to your heart. Uh, yeah. So Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi quarterback controversy for the Patriots. Uh, we saw Bailey Zappi come in in the Monday Night Football game. Uh, after Mac Jones uh, struggled to begin with and then threw an interception. And uh, he really was unlucky as all hell on that interception because if you go back and watch it, the ball hits the TV like the camera cable. Like right before it starts coming down, it literally hits the camera cable. It changes the trajectory and brings it uh, closer to the corner than the wide receiver. So a uh, little bit of uh, bad luck there for Mac Jones, but they went ahead and make the swap. Uh, I think some of this is probably due to Mac Jones still not being quite 100% with his ankle, but still, I mean, Bailey Zappi has played, you know, generally well the past couple of games, but not in this game. He had threw two interceptions, and even his touchdown pass was, like, ugly. <laughs> it was Severely way underthrown, and, yeah. yeah, he had to, like, what was it, Jacoby Myers had, like, roll into the end zone to – yeah, I, I don't think uh, Zappi is the long-term answer of, over the guy they drafted in the first round. But, uh, but yeah, it is something that is incredibly frustrating for right now in fantasy, and I have no you know trust to start either one of them. So uh, that situation is really murky. Um, same thing with the Saints right now. Dennis, Dennis Allen uh, has refused to confirm the starter for week eight. It's going to be either Jameis Winston or Andy Dalton. Um, my money would probably be on Winston after Dalton's most recent performance with that meme and gif that will last a lifetime of 
<laughs> the guy doing the Superman on the pick six uh, is golden. But um, yeah, Jameis Winston, he's had more time to heal from his back. He's a little bit more explosive in his playmaking ability. So I, I think uh, he's probably going to make the start, but who knows? Uh, that's it for the quarterback controversy. Did I miss anything? No, no. I'll just quickly comment on the Mac Jones thing. Patriots fans suck, man. Uh, like, I just Dude, they're all like, booing him. Literally, he was he got drafted last year and performed better than any other rookie quarterback, mind you. I mean, uh, it's been a little more rough this year, and I think part of that might be that Matt, Matt Patricia's back, but. Mm-hmm. Um, or he was back last year, but he just didn't have as big of a role, I think. But mm-hmm. um, but McDaniel's but yeah. is off to the Raiders, right? Right, yeah. exactly. So um, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's but yeah, they're literally they're cheering for their. They want another Brady. That's what it is. They want yeah. a late round find. The Bill Belichick's a genius. I think that's what it is because yeah. honestly, they look the exact damn same in the uniform on the field. Like there's there's nothing about like anything their bodily appearance that would make them favor one over the other. And it's just a Matt Jones is a little bit taller. And, you know, I think, but yeah, it's just so crazy. Both of those throws to start out his first two throws, one was a touchdown. The other one was like a 40 yard bomb. Like it was just magic was happening. And then the magic quickly died. I've never seen the energy be so sucked out of that. Like, frenzy that the stadium was going into but yeah i it, the, the frenzy that the stadium went into when those passes were completed was <laughs> it was absolutely like watching it from my tv as much as i hate the patriots fan just as a football player it's like awesome to see those moments and uh but yeah it's just but, god they suck so bad like they they just drafted this guy in the first round last year and they're like rooting for the hot young new flavor and it's like oh my god we but, want yeah, this fourth round uh, pick to be the answer uh yeah, and then like that's when I sent you the text that like fate wants Zappy to like be the starter in this game because like he had the underthrown touchdown and then Devontae Parker just mossed a dude for like a 40 yard, you know, Hail Mary throw up. So yeah, uh, it, everything was working for him. But like you said, the magic quickly went away and then the two picks happened and the Patriots lost to the Bears, which no one saw coming. You know, first time the Bears have beaten the Patriots at uh at I don't know what it's called now, but what used to be Gillette Stadium. So mm-hmm. uh so yeah, it's uh it, we'll call it, it Foxborough. That's we'll call it that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh did so, you yeah, see pretty- it on the Manning cast when uh, Peyton Manning was like they should have punched in another touchdown at the end just to like put up 40 <laughs> on the Patriots? Yeah, yeah, he was mad, he was mad about that. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I I like I like Tune a little bit of Manning cast. Honestly, it's hard to focus on the game. Well, whatever. This isn't a, a thing of the. the, the we we do need to have a sandwich, a sandwich, a segment on which uh, is better: watching it via Manning cast or like the traditional broadcast. I personally err on traditional broadcast, but we we can. It depends on what you're watching it for. You know, yeah. if you're a very in-depth watcher for me i think um you know if you're trying to see what the like pay attention to what the line play is doing and pay attention to you know i think it's easier for me to focus but uh that being said it's very entertaining the, the manning cast i mean they had obama on last episode mm-hmm. uh just the guests that they have on there a uh, bill burr was on there um so yeah. uh it's it's always a lot of fun but you know it's like it feels like watching the game with friends versus like you know watching it alone in our man caves like <laughs> like we yeah. pick we probably prefer the man cave because uh, we're fucking weirdos. So, uh, <laughs> but anyways, that's probably says more about us, but anyways, yep. Let's move on. Uh, well, you know, I agree with you as far as the Jameis situation. I'll just kind of leave it there. We spent mm. a lot of time on that. So let's go ahead and get through these waiver wires, mm-hmm. waiver wires. 
it's all right. It's better than last week this week, mm-hmm. I think. So we sure. mentioned a quarterback, Sam Ellinger. Um, I think that he he I mean, he's just supposed to be the starter for the rest of the season. I think it's very interesting. I think, uh, you know, if you had a guy like Baker Mayfield or Matt Ryan, uh, it's definitely worth spending some fab uh, and a lot, if necessary, if in Superflex you need that quarterback three. Um, uh, and, you know, you can try to ride it out with two quarterbacks. I'm having to do that in a couple leagues uh, because of the Matt Ryan situation. But uh, I definitely think he's a could be a, a decent insurance policy with very good weapons. So, um you know, slight excitement, but we'll just have to see. I don't, I haven't seen much of him uh, in the pros. Uh, he hasn't thrown a pass in the pros, I don't think, in a, in a real game. So, nope. uh, we're we're it's kind of all up in the air. But uh, you know, worth 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 the lottery roll, uh, the the dice roll. Yep. Uh, yeah, it seems like they're committed to starting him the whole rest of the season, and you know, with his ability to run with the football, I think yeah, he's a worthy ad for sure. Uh, you know, I would also check and see. If, you know, Jameis Winston is available, someone might have gotten rid of him now that he hadn't played in a few weeks. Um, you know, same thing if someone was foolish enough to leave Taylor Heineke sitting out there, uh, after, you know, before this last week, um, see if he's available. But, yeah, I think Sam Ellinger is an interesting, you know, deep sleeper ad. Yep. Side note, thank you, Taylor Heineke, for saving Terry McLaurin. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, running back, running back, who is going to be your top running back ad of the week? Oh, there, there are some really good options this week at running back, but the number one, easily in my opinion, is Mr. Gus Edwards. Uh, he got very limited, you know, snaps in this last game, which, you know, it seems like they're kind of working him in, but he got a lot of touches per uh, snap he had, and he was incredibly efficient with them. Uh, also got two touchdowns. This is a Ravens offense that I think can score a lot of points, and they want to get back to running the football a lot. J.K. Dobbins just got put on IR. And yeah, they, they need somebody like Gus Edwards and he's a good step up of what they've been dealing with so far this season. So uh, RIP Kenyon Drake, but it's Gus Edwards backfield going forward. Yeah. I had a feeling I mentioned on last week's episode when we were talking about Kenyon Drake, I didn't really buy it. Like I hadn't seen him be good for two years and he had one good game and I get it. You know, it was where I, you know, I, dropped like five or six dollars on in a couple of leagues and didn't get them because people were paying way more than that but Mm. um you know i i didn't really believe it but i definitely believe the gus edwards uh you know i think he's definitely worth a lot more fab than that if you still have it at this point Mm. um and uh yeah i mean jk dobbins he's expected to miss four to six weeks so you know gus will at least have a solid month at the very least to um, have this backfield uh, as long as he can himself can stay healthy. So, um, yeah, definitely I, I have him at one. Uh, honestly, he's not he, he's rostered in most of the leagues I'm in because there are IR spots and people had already stashed him in the IR. But if mm. if it's not there, uh, so for a guy that's definitely more available, this will be a discussion for us. We talked about it a little bit before the episode. For me, it's Chuba Hubbard. I'd rather go with Chuba Hubbard. It's it's very close. I would put like. $11 on Cuba Hubbard and like $9 on Deont- uh, Deontay Foreman, who's my next guy. Uh, but both of these guys rushed for over 100 yards. Chuba, um, you know, was the starter, was getting more of the snaps, and then he got this angle, ankle injury, and then uh, Deontay, you know, for- finished it out for him and did very well in that work. Also had, a, uh, I believe, a 50-yard run or 50-plus yard run. Um, so, you know, that's very exciting to see. Um, but for me, what is the tanking team trying to do? 
they're trying to see what their young guys have, you know. So for me, I think that they're they're going to try to give Chuba a little bit more of the opportunity to get get the lead role, but I do think it'll be as close to 50-50 as as, you know, most backfields can be. Uh but uh, you know, for me that's just why I lean Chuba Hubbard a little bit higher. Um, also, I was kind of high on him as a prospect coming out, so this might be, you know, my 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 love from back then still 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 holding true. But yeah, at the same time, I, I think they're going to try to see what their young guy has and determine if he can be a part of their you know future in this rebuilding team. Yeah, man, I, I seem to have a soft spot for Achilles tear uh, recoveries, so <laughs> I uh, I have Dante Foreman uh, ahead of Chuba Hubbard. This really is close, but I'm going to go with the guy who just was, you know, more efficient with his touches, both on the ground and as a receiver. Um, it was close because Chupa Hubbard looked good. Um, also, Deontay Foreman is not currently injured with an ankle injury, and Chuba is. So that kind of is the tiebreaker for me. So, um, but like you said, very close. I'll, I'll just err on the side of Foreman. Also, this is probably all due to, you know, what we saw him do last year with the Titans. You know, we've seen him carry a full workload and be a guy that can put up 100-plus rushing yards in a game and do it somewhat consistently. So that's probably uh, factoring into this decision for me. Uh, Another guy I'd written down just in case he's sitting out there would be Michael Carter. You know, this is another one where, like Gus Edwards, he's probably stashed, but um, you need to check to see if he's available. Yep. Uh, no, definitely. If Michael Carter's there, um, grab him. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't think people should have given up on him at this point, but mm. you know, I, it, at this, you know, Brees was taking more and more of that workload. Uh, mm. so, you know, it, it is possible that somebody kind of got fed up with it. Um, but, uh, you know, full of names just at the end here, not as exciting, but these are stashes. So these are guys mm. I'm not looking to start right away, but a uh, Dearness Johnson is one of them for me. Because there are Kareem Hunt trade rumors right now. Yep. Um, and if not, it's also possible that Dearness Johnson could get traded because he actually requested a trade himself at the beginning of the year. Um, and he's been very, very good in any chance mm-hmm. he's had to get on the field. Yep. Um, I think uh, if he becomes uh, the number two to Chubb or if he were to get traded and possibly land in a better situation, uh, that you'd be happy if you have the bench space to, you know, stash a guy like this. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think De'Aaron Johnson is definitely worth the pick up. And um, the last guy is Jamichael Hasty. Uh, mm-hmm. With uh, James Robinson getting, uh, you know, traded away, I do think Jamichael Hasty is going to have to step up. Uh, they have Snoop Connor there too, so it could be, being Snoop Connor, but I'm putting my money on Jermichael Hasty. Liked him a little bit more as a prospect, and uh, I think that he will kind of serve as uh, ETN's backup. And you know, ETN hasn't been injury prone. He got injured before the season last year, so you know we might feel that way. But if he does go down, uh, it'd be really good to have a guy like uh, Jermichael Hasty. And uh, who knows, he might end up getting enough work to be you know flexible. Um, so, so those are just two stashes at the end. Um, you know, if you have the bench space. Yep. Um, uh, I agree with a lot of what you said. Uh, Jamichael Hasty, if you're a Travis Etienne owner, is kind of a must add, especially in deeper leagues. And um, yeah, no, that one's good. What, what was the other one you said? I'm sorry. Uh, Deanna's Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Was... Yeah. No, that's another good one. Just in case, you know, there's a lot of steam behind Kareem Hunt being traded. Uh, we talked about it. You know, the Rams would be very interested in uh, having him on their team to help their uh, running game. And, uh, yeah, there's, they've been getting offers from multiple teams, apparently. So that's an interesting one. And, uh, 
Yeah, Jerome Ford, I think if he was healthy right now, this this trade probably would have already happened because they have a whole bevy of really good running backs for the Browns. So, um, but yeah, good call. Yeah, they're hoarding them at this point. Well, all right, let's move on to wide receivers. Uh, there's a name at the top of my list, but I am assuming he might be at the top of yours as well. So um, I know that uh, he is near and dear to your heart. If it is that guy at the top, so who's your number one receiver? Uh, I, I, I want you to go first now. I'm intrigued. Okay. Well, for me, it's Allen Robinson. Um, oh. He's got dropped in a lot, lot of leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I'm putting in a, way, a bid for him for, uh, I think, $15. Um, he did have his first big game. Uh, he caught a touchdown as well as several other passes that were not touchdowns. Uh, so <laughs> he can do so both. That's, that's that's very exciting. Um, so I do think they're, they're slowly but surely going to be working him in. It's like... I keep going back and forth between, oh, he looks washed. Oh, no, look, there's some juice. Um, I don't think he's completely washed. I don't think he's the superstar receiver that he used to be, but I do think that he can be a guy at this point that, uh, you know, has a couple of 20-point games and maybe can be a little bit more consistent as they try to work in any other target but Cooper Cup. Yeah, I think they're going to have to to be successful in that offense, and they've had a bye week now to make some adjustments, figure out what has and hasn't been working. Um, and yeah, I think Allen Robinson is something that was working at, you know, before they had their buy against Carolina. Uh, he's had two games above 15 points. I think he can keep doing that, but, um, yeah, I, if he's available, he would be number one for me. Uh, but my love for, uh, anyone with the last name Robinson, uh, goes to another guy that's widely available, which is Juan Dale Robinson. Uh, he had another good game for the giants. He's getting targeted a lot. looks like the lead receiver for them. So, um, yeah, anybody that's a lead receiver in an NFL offense, even if it's Darnell Moody, uh, is probably worth having on on your roster. And uh, Wandale's doing a lot with his touches as well. So um, in PPR leagues, he's uh, he'd probably be my number one wide receiver waiver wire ad if Allen Robinson is already gone. Yeah, no, uh, he was my number one pickup last week. So if you listen to me, you already got him. But yeah. if you don't and he's still there, definitely grab him. Um but uh, another guy that I have, and this is, he's my number two priority. I did realize that he's on buy this coming up week. So you might not have the luxury to do this if you need somebody to start. But if you do have the luxury for me, it's Joshua Palmer mm-hmm. um, with Michael or Mike Williams going down. It was weird saying Michael Williams uh, <laughs> my, with Mike, with Mike Williams going down. Um, it is looking like Josh Palmer can develop into a role for a substantial part of the season where he's going to be Justin Herbert's number two target. And he's looked pretty good on the field. Uh, He's starting to really come on. Uh, So for me, I would grab him number two, but uh, I did realize you have to stash him, like I said. So there might be a couple of guys on this list. Uh, You might go above them. Although uh, after this, it doesn't, it gets a lot less interesting for me um, overall, but um, you got another guy on the wide receiver list. I do. I like where your head's at. I'll mention another guy that has a buy this week, but is a good stash going forward. Uh, just had a boom game, Michael Hardman. Uh, I, he's actually having a surprisingly good year. The last uh, three games, he's had over 12 points each game. And in this last one, he had over 28 points. So uh, he's shown you know a steady floor and really good upside as well. So uh, in an offense where Patrick Mahomes can drop, you know, 400, 450 yards, you know, I think he had three receivers over 100 yards uh, total this past week. 
Uh, but anyway, a lot of yardage and a lot of passes to go around. And Miko Harmon's making the most of his and making the most of his carries. And he took two of them for a touchdowns uh, this last week. So, um, yeah, he, he'd be my number two wide receiver ad this week. Yep, I like that. He was the next one um, up for me. And I actually didn't realize he was on by this week, but you're right. The Chiefs are on by as well. So both him and Josh Palmer, you got to you gotta stash them. But uh, I think they're pretty, uh, you know, comparable in their upside. And, you know, they uh, with Miko, it's a little bit, you know, nobody's been injured. So it's kind of like who's going to get it this week. Um, so that's the only reason why I lean Palmer a little bit more. But uh, Miko, as a Georgia fan, we're, we're excited to see a dog do good anytime. So uh, we're we're very excited about that. But for me, my, my fourth and final wide receiver is not super exciting. And honestly, with the quarterback situation, it's scary. But he's put up 20 points for two weeks in a row. So it's ah, it's Paris Campbell. Ooh. It's Paris fucking Campbell. He's put up 20 points, bro, for two weeks, weeks in a row. He had 22 last week. But his quarterback uh, is Zach. I mean, Sam Ellinger now. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I don't, but that's the thing. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who Sam Ellinger's favorite target is. I don't know if, you know, I, I, I literally don't know. So at this is to me, it is worth just, if you have a roster spot, uh, you move somebody that got injured to IR Brees Hall, you got to drop and you're the last waiver wire priority. Some situation like this, I think it's worth just seeing where it goes. Um, I had him started against me in a league last week and I was like, Paris Campbell, what a idiot. And then the dude put up 22 points on me. So I had to make note of that. But uh, with, with Sam Ellinger coming in, it is definitely a lot more scary. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, it, he just dropped out of the conversation for me because of the quarterback change. Um, I guess I'm hoping for like a Kenny Pickett, George Pickens type, you know, connection between Alec Pierce and uh, Ellinger, but we'll have to see. Uh, the last guy I'll mention here is just Marquise Goodwin um, with DK Metcalf being out for one, two weeks, uh, maybe even longer than that, just because they have a week 11 by the Seahawks. And there's always that possibility that they just hold DK out uh, until after that bye week and let him you know, heal up fully. So there's a good schedule coming up for the Seahawks. They're passing it very well lately. And Marquise Goodwin this last week, he, he lit it up. I mean, he, yeah, four receptions, 67 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, I think he's going to keep getting you know a good um, good amount of targets in this offense with Metcalf down. And uh, yeah, you can use him probably the next two three weeks. So Marquise Goodwin. You know, I didn't have him on my list because I was just like, whatever. I'm not chasing the one good week. But I didn't think about Metcalf going down. That 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 could make him a little bit more interesting. Um, yeah. So yeah, I like that you put him on the list. Well. Uh, for tight end, uh, I just got one guy, and it's a guy that we had on the list last week, but not a lot of people ended up picking him up. It's Greg Dolchich, uh, Dulcich. Uh, he had nine receptions, or uh, or maybe it was nine targets, but he yep. was tied for the most most targets with uh, with Cortland Sutton. So, mm. I mean, obviously it wasn't Russell Wilson; it was Brett Rippon, but. Yep. Um, uh, you know, it's uh, I think that he's shown that he has the talent and the skill and the coaching staff wants to give him the opportunity. So, uh, you know, at this point, you know, tight ends a very barren landscape. And if you don't have one at the like seven top seven or eight tight ends, I might be looking at Dolchich. Yeah. Uh, Josiah wanted some inside information before we started this podcast. I have a uh, number one waiver wire ad in a league and he wants to know who I'm picking up. Greg Dolchich is the man. Because I'm a Kyle Pitts owner, and I have had enough. <laughs> I yeah. can't do it anymore. And Greg Dolchich has played two NFL games 
in week six, he was the tight end 11 with Russell Wilson playing. Now with Rippon or whatever his name is, he, he was tight end seven playing with him in week seven. And that's without a touchdown this last week. He had nine targets, like you said, six receptions and 51 yards. He's able to do it with and without scoring. He's able to do it with either quarterback. And he's able to do it in both games of his career so far. I, I, I got to go with Greg Dolgett. So, yeah, he's he's by far my number one tight end. Waiver wire ad, I've got I've to start him over Pitts. I'm done. Okay, are you dropping Pitts for him? Or are you are you gonna hold out on the the hope that Pitts can can become something? Oh, there's no way Pitts is getting dropped. Like that's okay, okay. that's not happening. But uh, okay. yeah, I, I just with the amount of targets that Dolchis is getting, I can't justify starting someone who is in an Arthur Smith offense. I mean, I love Drake London, well, but the dude had one catch for nine yards this last week. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna tell you something. I think you're making a good decision. And it's okay. You can bench Kyle Pitts. I know it's so hard to do if you draft him in the third. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, buddy, it's okay. You can bench him. Oh, uh, it's, okay. it's such a ball buster. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it is rough. Uh, I, I have him in a couple <laughs> dynasty leagues, and I like drafted no tight end replacement because uh, I was like, oh, I got the best tight end in the league. <laughs> uh, so, so it hasn't been great on that front. But, anyways, uh, that was a long waiver wire section as well. But in order to pick those guys up, we got to drop some guys. So, let's go over some of the most dropped candidates on the week. And the first one is going to be Mr. Kenyon Drake. So a lot of people's top waiver wire pickup, uh, the patience is short. And it looks like Gus Edwards, like we mentioned, is going to be the guy. So obviously we're dropping him for Gus Edwards. But, uh, you know, the rest of the guys for the Panthers running backs and all that, are, are you dropping them for them? Yes, absolutely. What about the stashes, the Dearness Johnsons, the Jamichael Hasties? Yeah. Maybe Dearness Johnson, Jamichael Hasty, probably not, unless I'm an ETN owner. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, well, what about, I, I agree with, with all that, except for, I probably would drop him for hasty as well, regardless, but, um, uh, Isaiah Pacheco. Um, so again, he's, uh, you know, been a waiver wire pickup before we kind of talked about him as a guy that's, uh, disappointed a little bit last week, but, uh, are you willing to drop him at this point? For Gus Edwards or Deontay Foreman, uh, yeah, yeah, I would maybe even Shuba Hubbard. Um, I, I just I I can't justify it anymore. So, what about you? Yeah, I mean he's kind of disappeared off the face of the map. Uh, I think he got a little bit more work than he has in the past two weeks. Last week, but still not enough to do anything. You know, exciting for fantasy. Uh, yeah, I'm dropping him. I am. Uh, but this next name is a lot more difficult, and uh, we uh, you know, we'll talk about him a little bit later on, but. Are we dropping AJ Dillon in redraft? No, I, I can't. He's been extremely disappointing here. I can pull up his weekly finishes. Um, he's currently RB thirty-five. And um, uh, this is like we his... could do that sound effect for like the entire Packers offense really. yeah honestly honestly he's had 1.5 points last week oh this is standard i'm sorry okay fine, sorry. <laughs> all right he had still 1.5 points yeah. last week 9.2 the week before 3.4 9.4 uh 5.8 7.7 he had a 20 point game in week one but that is literally the only week that he's been startable 
So that's where yeah. it's at with AJ Dillon. But you're holding on for hope. Uh, you know, if it if you're loaded and it came down to him or Gus Edwards, I'm probably taking Gus Edwards. Um, maybe even Dante Foreman too. That's tough if I need some win now, guys. But yeah, it's just you know he he has shown the ability to be a very very good player in the NFL. It just seems like right now they have dedicated it to just go with Aaron Jones full stop. Uh, you know, the thing is, is, you know, he's like some of these other guys. If Aaron Jones goes down, A.J. Dillon is, you know, an immediate must start. So, yeah, uh, I, I would still hold on to him over, you know, several of these guys. But the high end, Gus Edwards, Deontay Foreman, I may I may take them. It's tough. I think the only way I would make the decision to draw, I, I would keep A.J. Dillon over overall uh, Gus Edwards and everybody, I think. But mm. – if I did need, if I'm like one and five or uh, one and six or whatever the record would be at this point, you know, if I'm desperate for a win, got to get a win to to keep my hopes alive, I might have to get Gus Edwards this upcoming week. Um, so get the um, But aside from that, long term, if I have the ability to wait, I'm I'm gonna keep AJ Dillon there. So. A couple wide receivers, Michael Gallup put up a zero burger. I think a lot of people are rage dropping him for that. Uh, what are your thoughts? Would you would you drop him for, um, you know, you, I know you would Allen Robinson, but yeah, uh, maybe me, Cole, or Josh Palmer? I'll hold on to him for another week. I want to see him, you know, another week or two with uh, Dak Prescott back, but and with him, you know, playing himself back into a game shape, but yeah, um, he, he needs to start showing me something pretty soon or else he's getting dropped. Yeah, no, that that was very surprising to me. I thought he would um, really do well once. I mean, his first game coming back, he he did very well, mm-hmm. uh, but he hasn't done much since then. And, you know, hopefully him and Dak can reestablish that connection. Uh, well, what about Romeo Dobbs? So people are dropping Romeo because he had three drops on four targets last week. Uh, zero, Another zero burger. Um, you've obviously been a huge touter of him. Um, I'll go ahead and say my piece. I wouldn't drop him. I would, I would hang on to Romeo. I know that it was a horrible, horrible game. And if you lost you the week to your best friend or some shit, you're probably just super angry about it, but maybe Allen Robinson, but even Allen Robinson, I don't know if he has the upside that I think Romeo Dobbs could have. Um, so I'm not starting Romeo Dobbs anymore. I would, I was much more comfortable starting him. I'll probably wait for him to, you know, have a good game again before I do that again, Mm -hmm. but I'm also not dropping him. Yeah, I I agree a hundred percent with what you said. Um, yeah, he, he's already shown the ability to be good. He can be good again, but it's been just a rough stretch for that guy. Uh, but that, you know, Alan Lazard, like we said, he has an injury, Randall Cobb's injured. So there's, there's targets out there for him. Um, but yeah, he, he needs to secure the ball. And I just want to say, I lost a game this week by 0.1 fantasy points in which I started Dobbs out of necessity. I One catch for negative eight yards would do, but no. <laughs> <laughs> you fourth, just catch the ball. Uh, so I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is uh, raging the same way I am, but man, that was uh, a real kick in the nuts um, him putting up a goose egg. Well, they got Buffalo next week, so I don't know that, that there's brighter days ahead, at least for this upcoming week, but I'm sure he'll have more than zero. So, all right, let's move on to our dog discussions. Uh, the first one, we talked last week about teams that we anticipate will need a quarterback in the upcoming draft or 
uh, in free agency in the off season. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do the same exercise, but with running backs. So um, we are probably lagging a little bit. So let's do two at a time, Nate. So give me your first two that you have. Yep. Uh, Number one is the Falcons. The Falcons need a running back. Uh, Tyler Algier is not in the long term. Obviously, neither is Patterson. So I think they're one of the clear-cut teams that will be looking for one. Uh, Also, if they don't make a move for Kareem Hunt or any of the other guys, I think the Rams are going to be looking for another back. They they need someone. uh, You know, they're – you could argue their best days as far as, you know, their offense as a whole – um, you know, having a workhorse like Todd Gurley really, really helped before Cooper Cup, you know, finished breaking out. So they they want to have that guy again. They wanted Cam Akers to be the guy. You know, that future is up in doubt. So the Rams, I think, will be looking to get another guy. So uh, who who do you believe? I I, uh, I agree with both of those. Both of those are on my list. Uh, your two favorite teams. So with this upcoming. Um... Oh, sorry, I stole both of them. From you. No, no, no. That's that's okay. No, no. But but with you with this upcoming uh, uh, running back class, I'm sure you're gonna have two new favorite uh, players pretty quickly. And I will mm. too if one lands on the Falcons. Uh, imagine Bijan on the Falcons. That's uh, what I want. That's all what I want. I need. In this world. <laughs> but um, all right. I will hit um the two AFC teams. So much like last week, there's only I only have a couple of AFC teams. Most of the teams are in the NFC. You name two NFC teams. Uh, for me. The two teams in the AFC uh, are the Dolphins. Um, they will need one. I mean, look, Raheem Mostert's been great, uh, mm-hmm. but he's not the long-term answer, and he's also struggled with health, and he's also a little undersized. So in this upcoming class, I'm sure there's going to be someone that they're targeting. Um, and then the Chiefs, um, you know, they tried with Clyde over to lead. They might not go super high capital. I mean, you know, a lot of these teams are going to draft fifth and sixth round, but we're talking about, you know, the cream of the co- crop, like first – do third round uh, uh, running backs, but I don't know if the chiefs are going to take a shot after going Pacheco this past year. And then of course Clyde the year before. Um, but I think they kind of need one. So uh, I'm going to put him on the list and who knows uh, where Clyde will be at the end of the year. His ride has been so up and down uh, throughout his career. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I do think that there's somebody that I'm, I'm keeping an eye on and are on my list. Yeah. If, if it wasn't for the history, I'd say they'd be a great option for Kareem Hunt. <laughs> Uh, obviously they were before and right now they're using a complete uh, running back committee. Uh, you know, I think this last game McKinnon had the most snaps uh, and then, you know, Clyde had the touchdown and Pacheco was getting a lot of work between the twenties. So it's just a mosh posh. Uh, you know, they, they could really use a new guy. Uh, I agree with both those teams. They were my next two up. So good call there. Um, I'll mention a mix of NFC and AFC. So the bills, uh, you know, I like James Cook and I like Devin Singletary, but I think the Bills adding a running back in like the second or third round could really take them over the top. I mean, uh, imagine Zach Charbonneau in the, like the second or third round going to them with James Cook as your third down guy. Um, you know, that guy, Zach Charbonneau, is going to be one of the big sleepers in this next year's draft just because there are other running backs are really elite, but there are so many good ones. He is a first and second down monster uh, and good in the passing game. So I think someone like that would fit really well. Um, But just the bills are already monstrous on offense, but that could be the one thing that takes them over the edge and makes them unbeatable. Uh, So that's them. Uh, Also the Panthers, obviously with the Christian McCaffrey trade, uh, Deontay Foreman is a unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. Chuba Hubbard, I think may still have one year left on his deal. 
um, after this, but, uh, you know, they obviously need to add someone else in there as well. Um, so yeah, I think the Panthers are in prime position to add a running back, um, where or when they'll do that is the big question since they're rebuilding so many other spots. My bet is going to be with that second round pick they traded McCaffrey with. Mm. Yeah. Or, or ace they they'll have multiple at this point so one yeah, of one yeah. of those second picks so yeah uh but but yeah well I, I totally agree with both of those and i only have one more team on my list and that's the arizona cardinals i still think the cardinals are going to be a team looking for a kareem hunt or looking for somebody uh, i think james connor's kind of kaput and you know you know benjamin's done very well so maybe they will you know kind of give him a shot but a little undersized not really um a, a, prototype in between the tackles runner mm. uh, but he did very well last week he he was running between the tackles and wasn't doing bad doing it so uh just i think they would like a guy with a little bit more power maybe james connor they think can still be that guy but um you know i think in this upcoming draft if not during the season uh they'll they, they'll be looking at it back uh i i agree with you for the most part but Keontae ingram for the win um <laughs> that is true but yeah they they did draft county and look he he got he vultured a touchdown he had a breakout run i mean yeah. so he could end up being the guy you know maybe maybe that could work out so but uh you know they're definitely on my radar still yeah uh, but do you have any any other teams uh, the only other one i'll mention and i think it's probably more likely they'll get a guy through free agency or something but the saints uh, I think the Saints need uh, another first and second down guy to pair with Kamara. Um, Kamara is not the kind of guy to take a workhorse role. Uh, he was at his best when they had someone, you know, whether it was Mark Ingram, that was the best uh, pairing, but him, you know, Latavius Murray, um, they, they need a guy like that. So if I don't foresee James Robinson re-signing with the Jets after this year, but I think him going to the Saints, pair him with Kamara, um, would make a pretty deadly combo for them. So, but I just think they need a first and second down guy over there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And yeah, I mean, there's not too many free agent running backs looking that good in this next class, but there is one that we still don't know what's happening. Although I think we have a good idea at this point and that's Josh Jacobs who didn't get his fifth year contract. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, if he hits the free agent market, uh, I think a lot of these teams would love a guy like him, but, uh, I think the Raiders, it looks like they're going to do what they can to lock him up because he is the engine of their offense. Uh, so, um, all right, let's move on to the next topic. We got name a couple of second half sleepers. So these are guys that haven't done much yet. But we think, um, you know, are worth picking up, worth trading for, and are going to have much brighter, um, you know, second half of the fantasy season. So uh, you already mentioned one name uh, in the free agent uh, in the waiver wire pickup. So I will go ahead and just touch on him, and that's Wandell Robinson. Um, I do think uh, Wandell is going to be by the end of the year a guy that we're we're pretty comfortable starting. It looks like Daniel Jones uh, really likes going to him, and they're designing uh, some really. Uh, interesting plays uh, both just in general and to get uh, Wandell the ball. So I think that uh, Wandell will have much brighter days um, despite, I mean, you know, he's, he had his first, uh, you know, I think he's got his first touchdown this past week. Um, but uh, you know, I think, I think the second half will be much better than the first. Obviously a lot of that had to do with injury and him being a rookie. Yeah, that, that's a really good pick. I think uh, he's already shown a lot uh, in the last two games, and I only see his usage, you know, increasing or at minimum staying the same. So, uh, good pick there. I do want to mention just I looked it up real quick. Saquon Barkley and Rashad Penny are unrestricted free agents after the end of this year. 
So I was surprised Saquon currently does not have a deal. I'm sure the Giants want to get him locked up now after seeing how he's performed this year. But uh, yeah, he if he did hit the free agent market, him and Josh Jacobs would would be garnering a lot of interest. Um, so just just a toss in there. But uh, second half sleepers back to that. Uh, Robbie Anderson, I think, is a really good second half sleeper. Like, you know, basically nothing the first half of the year, but him getting traded to the Cardinals, you know, that's a pass first offense for the most part. Uh, you know, Hollywood Brown is out. He's going to be out for the next, you know, five weeks, probably at least. So, yeah, um, Robbie Anderson is can be a true outside receiver for them to pair with DeAndre Hopkins. And uh, I think he can be like the wide receiver, too, for, you know, probably the next five, six weeks for this team. So uh, really good for him. He's shown the ability, you know, to be a very, very good receiver and fantasy productive in the past. So I think he's a guy that you can get for cheap right now and can you know return on uh, investment. Yep, I like that. Yeah, you got to think for 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 Robbie as well, because Robbie's almost Robinson. His first name is probably Robinson Anderson, you know. So those Robinsons. I have, I have a thing for Nathan values. People yeah, undervalue was, these Robinsons. But anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah, now I like the Robbie Anderson pick there. Uh, another a running back that I have, um, I think I'm buying in to Latavius Murray. Um, I think he is going to be the Broncos lead back for the rest of the year. And he's looked pretty damn good. I mean, the Broncos haven't, but he's been one of the brightest spots, which has been surprising. Melvin Gordon was the starter last week, but still really didn't get a lot of work and didn't do much with the work that he got. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that he'll still be a factor unless they do end up trading him. Uh, but I think Latavius Murray, um, you know, by the end of the year could end up being like, you know, that, running back 21 through 24 that, you know, nobody really expected to be there. So. Yeah. I, I like that one a lot. Um, I, I also had a running back here and it would be Cordero Patterson. I feel like this one's kind of obvious, but when he comes back from injury, if you pair the current Arthur Smith offense with an actual talented, good productive back, uh, it leads to really good things at fantasy. So I think Patterson is going to be a guy that if you can nab him now and, you know, hold him for another week or two, while he gets healthy. Uh, he can really, really do you some favors down the stretch. Yep. Yep. I like that a lot. And um, yeah, we will move on to our third discussion and we have two dynasty related discussions. So our second half dynasty, the first question is going to be some dynasty risers and fallers. So obviously guys that we had ranked or were consistent as ranked uh, either much higher or much lower than where we currently have them ranked. So uh, with the risers, why don't you start us out and give us a dynasty riser? All right. I have said nothing to this point, but this is where I get to gloat. Kenneth K9 Walker, baby. Yeah. Oh man. I love this guy. Uh, love his attitude. Love the way he runs. Uh, I you know personally thought, I had him and Brees neck and neck and obviously Brees had more receiving experience, but as a pure runner, I thought Walker was the best in this class and uh, he's looked so good so far, averaging 6.1 yards per carry. And uh, you know, he iced the game away against the Chargers with that explosive run where he reached the highest mile per hour of any ball carrier so far this year, uh, put up like 30 fantasy points. Um, yeah. He, he's just been a beast since taking over the starter role. Love watching him run. He's an exciting player, and I am happy in the leagues I have him. So Kenneth Walker, he's definitely a riser for me. Um, 
Uh, honestly, especially with the I- injury to Brees, uh, I talked to you about this, but I think Walker is RB2 in Dynasty for me right now with uh, Jonathan Taylor still holding on to the one spot. So, yeah, he's he's a riser. Yep, yep. And that's still a little high for me, but, I mean, you had him at six, if I remember correctly, coming into the season in Dynasty. Um, so, I mean, that is a rise for you, even the highest guy that I knew or heard uh, on Kenneth Walker. Uh, for me, he was, uh, running back 16 in dynasty uh, coming into the year. Uh, I would now comfortably put him as a, as, as a top seven running back. Honestly, him and ETN are kind of neck and neck. I'd, I'd have to really think about who I'd rather have there, but, um, I definitely think that, uh, that, that, that he's been a big riser for, for me and the rest of the fantasy community as well. So definitely uh you know i think both of us were were right to be as high as we were on um you know our, our guys and we were both high on the other guy but just compared uh-huh. to the the other uh, guy on this podcast we were <laughs> so uh so yeah it's um definitely i think I, I definitely agree with you there so uh for me a dynasty riser is mr josh jacobs we kind of talked about it a little bit but um you know there was people completely burying him not to call you out, but Nate was kind of one of them. Uh, just thinking, and you know, I, I still like Zamir White. I still think he can have a future with Josh Jacobs, but um, you know, it's not what anybody thought. Like Josh Jacobs is one of the best backs in the league right now. I mean, he's uh completely carrying that team and he's 24 years old. He's the same age as Najee Harris. So there's no reason that he can't be like he's a top 10 dynasty back. Uh, and I, I, you know, he was once this pretty consensus wise, and then he fell very deeply after this past year and the off season. And I think the big thing was him not getting that fifth year contract, but I mean, fifth year contract or not, I mean, he's, he's done everything to earn a big time contract at the end of the season from some team. And uh, I'm completely confident. I'd like for him to stay with the Raiders because I think the Josh McDaniel system is good for him. Um, but that being said, if he does go somewhere else, I'm still going to be pretty high on him coming into next year. Um, he'll be 25 next season. So, you know, still, even the, uh, running back ages like me, uh, I mean, it feels like he's been in the league for like eight years, but, uh, it's only been, it's only been four. He's he joined the league when he was 20. So, uh, you know, just like Brees Hall and Kenneth walk. Well, I think ew, they were both 20 when they joined the league too, I think. Right. Uh, yeah, I think Recent Walker game? was like 21 by the time 21. Started. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. He just so turned close 20. enough. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah the, the, we'll, we'll feel the same way about them, but yeah, for me, Josh Jacobs should be a top 10, uh, uh, dynasty running back. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to kind of redo my list and see if he makes the top 10 for me. Um, obviously he's having like by far his best year ever so far. Uh, he's, you know, like the prior two seasons, he averaged in 2020 3.9 yards per carry, and in 2021 it was 4.0. Like so, he's kind of like inefficient, wearing down at the end of the season, which I still think is well, a that's risk. average. That's average. That's not inefficient. That's average. But it's yeah, not the average not in the NFL. Much. I think is like 4.2 or something like that. So it's definitely okay. disappointing for the guy. You know, you you want to be a top first round back. pick. But yeah. just to put that in perspective, so he's averaging about 3.9, 4.0 yards per carry. This year, he's averaging 5.7 so far, 1.7 more a carry. Uh, He is averaging 105 yards per game, just on the ground, not including uh, his receiving game. So, yeah, it's it's by far his best season to date so far. Um, You know, I do 
I'll be interested to see because there have been times in years past where he does tend to wear down a little bit and become more inefficient as the season goes on um, and isn't you know quite the same back near the end. So with Josh McDaniels, you know, a lot of people, including myself, expected more of a running back by committee. That's what you got with the Patriots. And they didn't pick up the fifth year option. They drafted Samir White. But it's just been all Jacobs all the time so far this year. So, um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how it works out if they bring him back at the end of the year because he's looked great. All right. Well, you got one more riser for us. Yep. Uh, I, I'm going to stick with the rookies here. And we've we've mentioned him being you know an impressive rookie so far. But uh, George Pickens just continues to ascend uh, after you know what we saw this last week. He he really does look like the wide receiver one in Pittsburgh. You know, it when Kenny Pickett is playing, which is in the you know foreseeable future. Uh, Pickens looks like the guy. He's catching you know insane touchdown passes like this last week. Uh, and he's he's getting yards after con or after the catch. He's uh, making toe taps on the sideline. Uh, Pickens trust him a lot. So um, or Pickett, I'm sorry, uh, trust him a lot. So uh, he just continues to ascend. I think a lot of teams are going to regret not taking him, including the Green Bay Packers. You fucked up, buddy. If Aaron Rodgers had that guy instead of Christian Watson right now, uh, that offense would look a little differently. But so, yeah, George Pickens just continues to rise up the boards for me as in the dynasty wide receiver uh, realm. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I completely agree with you there. Um, I had him as uh, one of my potential candidates here, but I figured you might uh, you might steal him from me. So I prepared uh, <laughs> Christian Kirk. Uh, who for me, for me was not a top 40 dynasty receiver. (laughs) So uh, that was pretty bad call on my part. Uh, But I think I, I don't think I was too far from consensus. I think that was, that was probably pretty common. Uh, I think I'd got to comfortably put him inside of the top 24 dynasty receivers, possibly the top 20. I'd, I'd have to look and break it down, but yeah, he's um he's almost divided his position in half from past the top. And I didn't have him in my top 40, and now I'm talking about him in my top 20. So mm-hmm. uh, definitely a big time riser there. Yep, no, I think that's another good ad there. Sorry, there's not been enough controversy. We'll try to disagree more uh, on these upcoming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, yeah, all of our disagreements get ruined because the, the people get injured. Uh, yeah, no, that's what a lot of these are related <laughs> to. Um, so I'll I'll throw in the first faller for me. Yep. And this is not injury related, but it's an obvious one. But, dude, it's just the amount that his dynasty value fell so immediately. And it's Matt Ryan. Like, he went from mm-hmm. a guy who you thought, okay, he's behind the Colts. We think he's going to be behind the best offensive line in football. They have certainly not been that so far this year. Uh, he's been one of the most frequently sacked quarterbacks. And, yeah, it just has not worked out. He went from a guy you thought, all right, maybe he can be, you know, QB2 for me at worst to QB3 for the next two to three years, you know, maybe even longer. Who knows? To, like, he's benched the rest of the season. Like, he's probably going to get you no points from here on out. Uh, you know, he still could get a job next year. I definitely don't rule that out. I don't think he wants to go out on this note. But, yeah, if it, if it does end up being his last year, that, you know, it's it's kind of a sad way for a Falcons legend and a really good player to go out. So, Matt Ryan, yeah. I'm sorry, but rest in peace. Yeah, he his, his career very well could be over as a starter. I mean, um, mm-hmm. he might stick around as like a Nick Foles backup character. Um, he might, you know, have – 
join a team that drafts a rookie and be the little bridge or something. Mm -hmm. But I think that's kind of the best that we can hope for. So, yeah. Um, but no, definitely, you know, he wasn't, you know, a super highly touted dynasty quarterback, but he was one that we thought we could at least depend on as a quarterback too. And that, that floor has fallen out. Well, since you started with quarterbacks, I'll start with quarterbacks as well. And uh, I kind of bundled up three quarterbacks into one because I just said every quarterback above the age of 28 that was in my top, that was in the top 12. So one, two of these were in my top 12 and one of them wasn't, but it was because he was my dynasty bust. But uh, it's Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, all three of these guys in Dynasty for me are quarterback twos very solidly. Uh, and some of them I'm, oh, are, are even scarier than that <laughs> at this point. But, um, you know, it's you know, especially with Russ, I had him Dynasty quarter, uh, quarterback eight. Mm-hmm. so just a massive massive fall off for him but yeah uh I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you right now those my my top 12 next year is going to look very young and it's not as a reaction but it's because these older guys are just starting to fall off i mean obviously tom brady and dynasty people were kind of expecting the uh the retirement and he did retire so he wasn't as highly valued as the rest of these guys but um you know these these this old guard, these legends, you know, that have been carrying the NFL for so long, they, it, it looks like they they could be starting to fade. I mean, I think um, they're still going to be good quarterbacks. They'll still have good games, but I just think, you know, the top 10 fantasy finishes for them are, are, are likely over. Yeah. I, uh, the one exception here for me would probably be Stafford just because I think, you know, that offensive line is making him look way worse than he actually is right now. But I still have hope for him for, you know, several years going forward. His arm doesn't look, you know, any worse to me. It's not like Matt Ryan where he can't throw a pass past 20 yards. Um, You think you still have him in the top 12? I'd have to redo my list on that. Probably just because, you know, this, the, the the 21 the 2021 quarterback class has had a little bit of a rough go of it for the most part um yeah. so some of those guys are a little less obvious to be in the top 12 as they were before so um i don't know it, it'd be close he's definitely dropped a little bit for me but not as much as the other guys you mentioned i mean aaron Rodgers is you know that has been a rough situation with the packers so far uh tom brady you should have stayed at home old man uh it's yeah. it, man it, it seems like his life is coming apart both on and he sacrificed field. his family to lose to pj walker yeah <laughs> he's oh, like God. i could it lose to stay, a deliberately tanking team <laughs> i could stay married to one of the best supermodels of all time or i could get blasted by the panthers with no christian mccaffrey uh that's that's not fun but yeah no i yeah all of these guys russ as well um all all on this list so yeah it's gonna be uh a much younger looking uh top 12 for me uh come this time next year or um come ranking time next year but uh all right you got another follower for us yeah real quick uh obviously not nearly as big of a fall as the first guy i mentioned but uh, a guy that has slipped some for me is Najee harris um, you know, before the season, I would have said he was, you know, my RB2 in Dynasty. But, um, you know, the efficiency that we we're hoping would increase a little bit this year has actually decreased. And he's averaging so far 3.3 yards per carry. And I understand, you know, he he has been injured, so we do need to kick, uh, take that into account. Um, but, you know, it's not like he was ever, like, super explosive last year. He, he, he won by volume. He won by, you know, staying active in the receiving game. 
and uh and just you know barreling into the end zone which you know they just have not had those opportunities for him and he's not you know he's not like walker or Brees hall where they can just bust off a 50 yard run and just cash in that way he just he does not that have that ability so um you know i think he's athletically is very similar to josh jacobs so that's why you know i don't think it's a lost cause for him at all i don't think he's outside my top 10 dynasty rbs or anything crazy like that but uh yeah just compared to some of these new guys that have come in you know i definitely put walker and Brees ahead of him um, and I may put some of the other, you know, more recent backs, you know, possibly Swift and a few others. So, um, yep, just slips a little bit for me, Najee Harris. I agree, I agree that he Ooh. is a follower for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree that he is a follower for me as well. However, I do think he's a good uh, – we talked about it last week, but a good, a good buy-low opportunity as well um, because I think people are dipping him a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, for me, it's a hard decision between who I want going forward, him and Josh Jacobs. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that would have sounded like an insane person's comment, uh, at the start of this, before the season started. So, uh, it, it, there's no denying he's fallen some, so a uh, good call there. Uh, the last one that I have is Mr. AJ Dillon. Uh, mm. we talked about it because he was in our drop section, but yeah, he was supposed to be, people were drafting AJ Dillon above Aaron Jones this year. And that did not, I mean, in Dynasty, you know, if Aaron Jones were to, you know, be gone after, but that's the thing, Aaron Jones is signed to a contract, I think, for two more years after this year. Uh, it it looks like he's going to be the guy at least for the rest of this year. And yeah, A.J. Dillon just hasn't um, been getting the, not only is he not getting the attempts, but he's not being efficient with the attempts he's gotten. Um, you know, even the week that he did well, I mean, he had 10 carries and he had uh, and he had 45 yards the next week he got 18 carries but only 60 yards so that's 3.4 yards a carry um you know hasn't had too many efficient games so uh yeah i mean i think a lot of people had him in, in like the top 20 uh at this point it's really hard to know exactly where to have him because it, it could be you know past my top 30 36 he's probably still somewhere in there um yeah he's got to be in the top 30 but Still, the fact that I'm even considering that tells you he's dropped some. Yep. Yep, for sure. Uh, okay. We, uh, I think we can go to our final, fourth and final dog yes. discussion here. Yes. So this game is going to be called Would You Rather Have a 2023 First or This Player? <laughs> so I have a game. better, more concise title that relies more on alliteration. I say it's okay. pick or player. So okay, I like the, it. The pick being pick a late 2023 first uh, player, obviously being the player that we're about to name. Right, right, and yeah, we do want to uh, emphasize that this is the late first because obviously, if we're talking about the 101, there's not too many players that we can name that that we wouldn't trade that away for for this upcoming draft. Uh, Bijan Robinson, C.J. Stroud, uh, the guys at the top of the list for us, mm-hmm. uh, both I think at this point. Um, so. This is going to be a later 2023 first, but this is just kind of going to be an exercise. We'll do it a couple of times this year just to kind of uh, get a market and understand like how valuable the 2023 first really should be. So this is obviously in a dynasty context because you can't trade 2023 first in redraft. So uh, the first one is going to be Daniel Jones. So Daniel Jones has had quite the resurgence. Uh, He doesn't have a lot of weapons around him, so his stats are never like super gaudy. But he does what he has to do to win games. He's running over 100 yards in last game's uh, case. 
And uh, it looks like he could, you know, I would have said at the beginning of the year that he's a really, really risky um, buy in Dynasty. But, you know, it looks like he could have a little bit more longevity than we think, especially if they do end up being a playoff team. Uh, so um, it's tough, but I think I would probably trade. Uh, I would probably trade him for a 2023 first. Um, I would hope it wasn't like 11 or 12, but if it did end up being that, so be it. Um, you know, it's, it's tough because quarterbacks are really hard to trade without getting a quarterback back, mm -hmm. but there's so many good quarterbacks in this class that I'm pretty sure, you know, there's always a guy like Mac Jones when there's heavy quarterback classes, there's always a guy that falls to the end. So, mm -hmm. you know, you might be able to just straight up replace him for a lot more long-term option, or you might be able to get a really stud uh, running back or receiver that falls to you if you have the space. But yeah, I know it's a little bit hard with quarterbacks, but I probably would, if I had the room, um, uh, or I had the quarterback room to afford it, uh, would, would trade it, trade him for 23 first. What about you? Uh, yeah, especially if I'm you know pretty comfortable at the quarterback position and I need some help at running back, this is absolutely smash, get the pick. Um, but even still, like, is Daniel Jones really much better than Will Levis? Um, I, I probably don't think he probably is, and he's not going to be on a rookie contract on this next year. So um, that and his future being a little up in the air, he's an unrestricted free agent. Uh, I, I'll take the pick and uh, the rookie. Yeah, I, I do feel a little scared doing that, but I will say I agree with you there. So well, what about Mac Jones? Obviously, Mac Jones has taken a big hit and literally like within an hour, he was the Patriots starting quarterback to major quarterback controversy. Um, so would you, would you get out from under it and trade that, uh, trade him away for 2023 first? I would not. Um, you know, Jones showed a little too much to me, his rookie year. I think if they get him some more weapons, continue to get him more weapons. Uh, he's shown really good things in the past. He's shown amazing things when he was at Alabama. Um, you know, as a prospect, I still haven't rated a good bit higher than Zappy. I think he's the better player, especially when healthy. So, um, yeah, um, you know, first round quarterback, he has that fifth year option. It's it's only his second year. He's having a sophomore slump. Uh, give me the player. Yeah. And for me, this is one I'm also taking the 2023 first. I've been lower on Mac Jones um, than you. But, yeah, I just think that uh, I don't think he's ever going to be a player that's scoring me like 20, 25 points a game. Uh, and not that you have to have that. I mean, I get it, but yeah, for me, it's like trading a quarterback to like Daniel Jones has a better chance of being a quarterback one in my eyes in fantasy. Um, so yeah, it is, uh, I would trade, the, I would take the pick there, but, um, but yeah, both of those players, it is a hard decision. I wouldn't do so lightly. Um, so, all right, moving on, we got Mr. Miles Sanders. So Miles Sanders had a resurgent season. He's a 25 year old running back. Would you trade him for 2023 first? I literally, this is the only one that I literally wrote down tie. Like, <laughs> I, okay. I don't know what to pick here because uh, Miles Sanders has been really good. He is more of a pure runner, but he's in a great offense that finally allows him to get some touchdowns. Uh, it's, it's so tough. However, the fact that this next class is so stacked at running back, I, I'm going to go with the pick just barely, but. There are too many really, really good ones, um, you know, and I think those guys being on rookie contracts are going to be treated like Miles Sanders is getting treated now, and then he's going to get old, and they're going to be young, and I'll just go with that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only way I'm doing this 
I would take Sanders in most cases. This is one of them where I'm keeping the player. Mm-hmm. But if I was rebuilt, if I was like not attempting to win at all, um, I would probably just go ahead and take the youth. But I um, mean, I do think that, you know, Miles Sanders definitely this year and, and next year um, is a pretty safe running back in a very uh, good and explosive offense uh, that runs the ball a lot. So, um, so yeah, I, I would, I would keep Sanders here, but it, it is close. I agree, but this is one of them where I sided with the player. And, uh, well, what I, about- and I'll agree with you real quick. I'll agree with you um, in the case that if you're trying to win now, then running with Sanders and keeping that going this year is probably your better option. For sure. For sure. And I mean, if you're trying to acquire, I mean, you should be trying to acquire 2023 first, whether you're winning now or not, to be honest, like it's not that if you're winning now, you can't, but some, 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 uh, players, uh, are just a little bit too valuable to, you know, worry about rebuilding for the future when you're, when you're trying to win, you know? So, and I think miles is one of those players and never forget the number one goal is to win either money or just for bragging rights. We are trying to win. It can't always be next year. I totally agree. I totally agree. Well, what about David Montgomery? David Montgomery, same draft class as Miles Sanders. Um, I mean, he's finished as high as the running back six in past seasons. So, I mean, you know, has has had a very good uh, track record. Uh, but, you know, he's starting to split a little bit more with Khalil Herbert. So does that scare you off enough to where you, you trade him away for that 23 first? Yes. Give me the pick. I agree. Um, Mr. Rashad Bateman. So Rashad Bateman, both of us were pretty high. I think I was slightly higher coming out. Um, would you take Bateman or a 23 first? This one's tough because this upcoming receiver class is, you know, quickly turned into not as good a one as we would have hoped. At least that's what it seems so far. Um, you know, Kayshawn Boutte has kind of, you know, hurt his draft stock a whole lot and just a few others. So, that's tough. I'll probably err on the side of the pick, though, just because I do think the Ravens are going to want to find a, a different wide receiver one eventually. So I, I don't know if Bateman's the answer long term. I think he's a fantastic wide receiver, too, for a team. But I think they're going to try to find another guy in that spot. So in um, that being the case, I'll take the pick. Well, we disagree one more time. I'm going to take Rashad Bateman. Um, I've been a big believer in Bateman. It hasn't came to fruition quite yet. I mean, he's coming off an injury. I th- he'll be back, I think, for this Thursday night game. I don't think he has an injury designation currently. So um, He played uh, against uh, the Browns this last week. Okay, okay, he did. Okay, yeah. Mm. So, uh, so, yeah, that, you know, that's um, – yeah, but I, but I do think his best better days are ahead. And yeah, because the wide receiver, I mean, outside of at this point, I mean, Jason's been injured, but you know, I still believe in the talent, Jason, Jordan Addison, and I mean, Quentin Johnson's creeping up there, but outside of that, you know, this wide receiver class isn't doing it too, too much for me. So I think if it did turn into pick 11, pick 12, you know, I'd, if, if I needed a wide receiver, I'd, I'd be upset. So uh, I'd keep Rashad Bateman, but, with Deontay Johnson, the last person on this exercise, I would take the first because George Pickens is coming in to replace him as the wide receiver one. Uh, I still, with what Deontay Johnson showed and like how much money they gave him, I, I worst he's going to be the wide receiver two in an offense that has a pocket passer there in Kenny Pickett that's only going to get better. So I'll take the player here. Uh, Deontay Johnson is still really young and he, he has a lot to show. 
Okay. So a couple of disagreements there, but that does show, you know, if you which would want a 2023 first over any of these players, you know, there can be differing opinions. So send those offers out to as many people as you can, and you might land one. So, um, but um, all right, let's move on. We got our dog discussions out of the way. So we'll move on to our start sit. Yeah, we will try to fly through these because we are taking this episode quite long because of the opening news segment. Uh, so Matthew Stafford, where are you at versus San Francisco? Uh, Matthew Stafford is a three versus the 49ers. Um, after the bye week, I think the Rams are going to be a little bit more well-adjusted expect them to be a little bit more efficient with the ball and Stafford not to be as terrible. So I'll put him at a three. Yeah. San Francisco's defense is nasty and they always, you know, screw the Rams over somehow. So I'm going to put him at a two. Um, he's got to show me something before I'm comfortable starting him. I understand you might have to in some cases, but, uh, I'm deciding between him and Davis Mills uh, this week. So that's that's where I'm at with him. But uh, what about Aaron Rodgers at Buffalo? So is he going to have a bounce back game at Buffalo? He's another three for me, uh, just because I think a game script is going to go into his favor. So you could argue he can be higher than that, but I wouldn't put him any lower than a three. I agree. And to be honest, his fantasy games haven't been like he hasn't been busting. They haven't been like spectacular, but he's mm-hmm. been pretty consistently like 15 to 20 points. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't I don't think he's a risky fantasy option. He's just not doesn't quite have the upside that he once possessed with the, you know, receivers like uh Adams and mm-hmm. Well, really, Adams. Jordy Nelson. But, <laughs> yeah, Jordy Jordan Nelson before that. Yeah, good, good, good call there. And Randall Cobb once upon a time. So yep. um so, yeah, but um, all right. Uh, what about Mr. Gus Edwards at Tampa Bay? Tampa Bay is a little bit of tough defense. This is a Thursday night game. Ooh, that Thursday night game, I think, matters to me more than uh, the Tampa Bay defense. But honestly, still, I, if you got Gus Edwards, I feel like you have to start him unless you just are loaded. So I put him at a four. Um, he got 20 points on very limited snap share. That's only going to go up from here on out. And he's not always going to score two touchdowns, but it's a high powered rushing offense. I don't care what the bucks have done. Uh, I guess that was just still a four for me. Yeah. And the bucks haven't been looking too hot uh, the last couple of weeks. I mean, the Falcons almost beat them. Uh, the Panthers did beat them. Uh, so, you know, I, I think I would fire him up at a four. I almost made him my start of the week this week, but uh, he didn't didn't quite make the cut. Uh, what about Daryl Henderson versus San Francisco? So another one of your Rams. I'll give it a two and a half. Um, I feel like the running game for the Rams is just abysmal right now. The 49ers are a bad opponent to try to smash the football up against. Um, you know, the key here is if Henderson rips off, you know, five, six receptions, then yeah, he's going to be better than this, but Two and a half, three is about as comfortable as I can get with him. Yeah, I agree. I'm scared to start him this week, but all my damn projections have him like scoring like 15 points. And yeah. I'm like, bro, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. But nice. anyway, I hate it when that happens. Um, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I have him at a two. I'm scared to start him, but in some instances I might have to, um, yeah. especially with Brees Hall being my running back one or two and nearly every redraft <laughs> I was in. So, uh, all right. Um, what about DJ Moore? Finally, DJ Moore, baby. DJ Moore, 30 points. DJ Moore. <laughs> <laughs> what about DJ Moore against Atlanta? Uh, start him up. I have DJ Moore as a four out of five. Um, yeah, I mean, AJ Terrell will likely miss this week with a hamstring injury. Uh, they're already missing Hayward. So, I mean, the Falcons secondary got lit 
up this last weekend. That was a major reason why they are missing basically all their starters. It's probably not going to change. So fire DJ Moore up. Yep, I agree. I have him at his four. I don't think I don't think we're just chasing the points in this sense. I mean, PJ Walker, he looked good, man. He was mm. throwing some good passes against Tampa Bay, who is, I mean, personnel wise, should be one of the better defenses yeah. and and was for the first part of the season. Um, so it's not that I think he's the future or going to be, but at least he knows, Hey, I have one good thing on this offense. Let me go ahead and target him. He's doing that in the red zone, in the middle of the field on the outside. He was getting like, I've never seen him so versatilely used. And it, 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 and sadly, that was one of the games that was on my TV, and I was sad to watch it. But watching DJ Moore was one of the few things that got me going in that game. So, um, very excited for that. Awesome as a, as a four. I said we're going to fly through these, and I got too excited about DJ Moore. <laughs> uh, well, what about Michael Gallup? He was on the drop list. We both said we wouldn't drop him. Um, but uh, are we firing him up against Chicago, or do we need to see him do something? I might not be dropping him, but I ain't starting him. He's a two for me. You know, start him if you have to. The Bears are, you know, not a bad matchup, but I don't think game script will play in his favor. The, the Cowboys defense is really good. And uh, the running game for the Cowboys has been good. So, yeah, Michael Gallup's a two for me. Yeah, he's a one for me. I mean, the Chicago defense, I mean, I know we were all upset that they hired a defensive coach, but uh, I mean, they're three and four. I mean, Justin mm. Fields is the quarterback 13. Uh, it's the, the, the vision is starting to come together. They have a really good defense. They're a very run heavy offense and hopefully in the future they can get more pass pass catching weapons, but, uh, they're, they're starting to be able to win some games off, off the back of this defense. So, um, I have Michael Gallup at a one. Um, all right, let us move on to our final two sections. First, we will do the buy low sell high section. Nate, who is your buy low for this week? Uh, you go first. Cause I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to decide that right now. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> All right. That sounds good. I have, uh, what I think is a crucial, crucial buy. Now you have to like, this is the window where you can buy them for a reasonable price. And I don't know if you will be able to after this. And it is a Monroe St. Brown, uh, coming off the injuries, the bye weeks, uh, James, Jameson Williams is still coming back, which looms large in a lot of people's minds. Uh, I think he has two more weeks or three more weeks before he, he is, uh, at least projected to come back. Um, so I think a lot of people are going to be willing to, to give up on Amon Ra right now, but I, I think that, that Amon Ra is, uh, I mean, I, th- <laughs> I think it's a top 12 talent. I really think he's a top 12 talent in the league. And it's, it's scary saying that he doesn't quite have the body size of some of the other guys that a lot of, that a lot of people would rank over him, but on the field, man, he plays like a monster. He catches everything thrown to him and uh, he does. He's incredible after the catch. He really is. So uh Amon Ra, I think is a great buy now. I mean, as high as I am on Christian Kirk, I would sell Christian Kirk in an instant right now to get Amon Ra and Christian Kirk's the wide receiver 11. So um, I think Amon Ra can, can be one of those guys that's, I mean, he was the wide receiver three in points per game before his injury. Uh, so I think, um, you know, if not, he can at least, you know, reach that top seven, eight points per game. Um, you know, I don't think he had the concussion, so I don't think this injury is anything to, to be worried about. So by now, by low. Yeah. You're, you're never going to hear me argue against getting more on Ross St. Brown, uh, been high on him for a long time. Uh, and yeah, the concussion thing just hurt fantasy managers this week. I think that put a sour taste in their mouths, but overall, 
he's been fantastic this year. So, um, yeah, really, really good call there. Oh, my God. I just pulled up my man, and now it's gone. I am very upset boy right now. So that's uh, that's a real big bummer. Uh, <laughs> I'll go with buy, uh, my sell high real quick just because I lost my place here. But uh, sell high is going to be Chuba Hubbard just because he did have a really good game, even on limited touches. But given the injury, given the fact that I think that Deontay Foreman may end up edging him out, uh, you can probably find someone that thinks he's going to be, um, you know, an RB2 consistently week to week or hoping that. Uh, and you could probably get a little bit more value for him than he's worth. So I would sell Chuba Hubbard high. Yeah, and I would I would put either of the Panthers running back in that category. I mean, um, it's one of the worst offenses in the league. Last last week was a surprise, but, I mean, uh, when Kirkham Cash-Free was there, he was inside of the five-yard line three times. So and and he was there for six weeks, I think. So um, they aren't a very good offense. Um, I don't necessarily have to have the running back in this offense. So even if you just pick them up off waivers and flip them, I think both of them are good sell highs, either one of them. I mean, I don't think you're going to – they're not going to be league winners, and you're not going to be sad if you can get a more dependable option in a better offense. Yep. No, we're, we're definitely on the same page there. Uh, my buy low, when you were talking about DJ Moore – uh, I think one thing that's going to help him throughout the whole rest of the season is, you know, Christian McCaffrey is no longer there. Those receptions have to go to somebody. So I think that will help him out. And I think the same thing for Garrett Wilson. Uh, the Jets are going to have to start passing the ball a little bit more. Uh, Garrett Wilson has already shown the talent. We saw that early in the year. So I think with, you know, Elijah Moore kind of giving the coaching staff a little bit of a sour taste in their mouth. They might try to lean on Wilson to carry more of the passing game. That's going to have to do better for them to continue their, uh, their winning ways. So Garrett Wilson, I think he could be the benefactor of, you know, Brees going out. I think that's a great call. Yeah. I, um, I, I like that a lot for sure. I think uh, that very well could open things up. And obviously with Elijah Moore's, I, mean, I don't know if he's going to play for them again or if he's going to get traded, what's going to happen. But uh, if that did, I mean, Garrett Wilson would kind of stand alone as an alpha target um, on that offense. And to be honest, Elijah Moore hasn't been getting targets at all. So maybe yeah. it's a non-factor either way. But uh, but yeah, so my sell high is going to be Juju Smith-Schuster. He's coming up on a bye week, which is sort of disappointing for the for the sell high mm -hmm. um maybe you want to wait till he's off his bye week but his last two games have been 20 point games mm -hmm. um you know i think he'll have a couple more of those i don't think he's washed or terrible but i don't think he's going to be dependable he doesn't feel like a safe start week to week none of the chiefs receivers do and admittedly he's the he's the uh most safe feeling one but mm -hmm. at the same time um I think a lot of people might value that a little bit more than it than it is you know we think the chiefs number one receiver you know, some people might have that as a top 15, 20 guy. I don't have Juju, you know, anywhere near that. And uh, I think, you know, there's there's definitely off these two big performances, uh, a, a window to sell them. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. Um, I, I do think his next three matchups after the bye are really favorable. The Titans, the Jags, and then the Chargers have all been, you know, not so good against receivers. So, if you want to hold on to him a little bit longer and uh, try to get some more value for him and you know, he can help you win games in the meantime, because uh, I do think if you don't get the right trade offer, uh, he, he does. I think he can help you win going forward this year. So 
Um, yeah, but. I, I I totally agree. I mean, um, you know, you you got to get the right value back. But um, I mm. do think that, you know, there wasn't a window. He was doing not so great for a minute. And now yeah. there's a, a nice window after these 20 point games. But, but yeah, fair enough, for sure. So let's move on to the starts of the week and close this thing out. My start of the week at quarterback is going to be Mr. Kirk Cousins going up against Arizona. I think that game in general is going to be a shootout, but I think Kirk Cousins is uh, going to be the the, the biggest benefactor and uh, will finish as a top 10 quarterback this week. Last week I had Dak Prescott against Detroit. He had a decent game. It wasn't a bust or anything, but not the kind of game that I thought that he would have against the worst defense in the league. Uh, the first half was abysmal. They only scored three points in the first half, and then he managed to get, I think, three touchdowns in the, in the second half. But um. But yeah, you know, not not exactly uh, what I was looking for. I think he scored 15 points and four points. So, uh, but this week, feeling a lot better about Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I considered him having my start of the week this year or this week. Uh, so really good call there. Uh, last week, I told you to start Jimmy G against the Chiefs. He ended up being a top 10 quarterback on the week. So good on that one. Uh, this week, it may be a little obvious, but anybody playing the Lions, but this week it's Tua who has Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and Mike Gusecki. And the Lions have the worst defense by far in all of football. So um, last I checked, they were last in uh, yards allowed per game and points allowed per game. So they're, they've they been abysmal. I think Tua is going to shred them up, and uh, he should be start a week for me at, uh, at quarterback. Yep, yep, I, I agree. I like that start. Um at running back last week, I had Najee Harris at Miami, who unfortunately had another middling, decent, not bad, but not great game. Oh, Najee, Najee, Najee. Uh, but this week, I have someone with a little bit less name value, but someone I'm starting to believe in, and that's Raheem Mostert. Uh, so sticking with the Dolphins there, picking on Detroit. Uh, I think the Dolphins will probably run up the score pretty quick and be able to run the, the ball a lot with Raheem. And even if they aren't, I think he'll be able to break off some big runs as he's uh, been doing recently. And uh, he scored 20 points last week. So I think uh, Raheem Mostert's quickly becoming a Raheem must start, if you will. Ooh, I like it. Uh, yeah, he, he's been surprisingly good this year and uh, looking way more spry than most 30-year-old backs are. So um, good call there. Uh, last week at running back, I told you to start Brian Robinson. Not bad. He got you about 12 points or so, but, uh, you know, if, if would have been better if he had gotten that touchdown. But I did like seeing him get two receptions, so they're using him a little bit in the receiving game as well. That'll help his, uh, you know, his floor. Uh, this week, I think you should start Devin Singletary versus the Packers. I'm going a little deeper here, but uh, Packers have been pretty bad against running backs this year so far. And this is a game where I think the Bills are going to get up quick. They're going to be running the ball a lot. And Devin Singletary, uh, first and second down back, is is better than a lot of people think. So um, I'll go with him as my start of the week. Yes, I like that a lot. Uh, quick correction earlier in the episode. I said DJ Moore had 30 points. He had 20 points. So uh, I think I inflated it a little bit in my mind, but I'm just happy to see him do good. Uh, but uh, my start of the week last week at receiver was uh, DeAndre Hopkins. And that was a you know little bit of an obvious one maybe, but he was coming back from injury and he finishes wide receiver eight. So really definitely good. did good on that 20.3 20, 20. points in PPR. Uh, this week, I'm announcing, I kind of alluded to it in an earlier episode, I'm announcing that I'm in on him by making him my start of the week. It's Gabe Davis at Green Bay. 
I think it's funny. We we have like the players on the same teams, just at different positions. You had Devin Singletary against mm. Green Bay. Um, so yeah, I think uh, you know Jair Alexander is going to be focusing, I imagine, on Stefan Diggs, and uh, you know I think that Gabe Davis is going to be able to uh, to eat. And he's been on the field, I mean, quite a lot. He doesn't get nearly as many targets as Diggs, but I mean, he's as liable for a breakaway touchdown as just about anybody at this point. And any, even if he doesn't get that, there's several games where he's getting the targets uh, to stand alone. So I am started weekend Gabe Davis this week. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, if he does the typical Gabe Davis pop a fifty plus yard touchdown bomb, then uh, yeah, you're you're set up on that catch alone. So good call there. Uh, me last week, I told you to start Drake London against the mm. Bengals, and my thought process was that the Falcons would get down early and that they would need need to pass the ball to get back in the game, which is exactly what happened. They were down twenty one points. They ended with 13 pass attempts. How are you going to come back doing that? I don't understand what Arthur Smith was thinking, but Drake London suffered the consequences. One catch for nine yards. That's the end of my rant there. However, Chris Olave this week versus the Raiders, I think is a must start. Uh, He has been fantastic so far. This rookie campaign had a little concussion issue. He's back from that. And uh, he's always going to get you the yardage. And if he puts a touchdown on top of it, he has a wide receiver one upside. So Chris Olave for me against the Raiders, you got to start him. Yeah, no arguments for me there. I think, you know, um, I don't know. Is Michael Thomas supposed to be back? Do, uh, do, we, do we know? Or I'm not sure, and I don't care. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if, if, if Thomas is there, it helps, you know, still coverage away. If he's not there, then he'll probably be targeted more. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I like that call either way. Um so at tight end last week, this was one of my other hits. It wasn't a huge hit. He was tight end 10, but I mean, you know, if top top 10 tight end is Taysom Hill, baby, hey. I doubled down. He got in for the touchdown. Um, and honestly, at this point, like in this tight end landscape, just you, if you have Taysom Hill, you're probably starting him. I mean, it's uh, there's no other tight ends that are just getting the opportunities that he has, that he gets in the ways that he gets. And it might not work out every week, but most tight ends don't work out any week. And, uh, and, you know, there's definitely, we've seen the upside that he can possess, but, uh, anyways, that was my tight end, uh, uh, start of the week last week, this week, I'm having a little bit of simpatico with my Kirk Cousins start of the week and getting Smith in versus the Arizona Cardinals. I've never been a huge Irv Smith guy, but the Cardinals have been the 29th against tight ends this season. Um, they suck. So I think this will be a good opportunity for Irv to eat a little bit. And uh, he had a pretty bad game uh, uh, the week before their bye. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think he'll have a nice little bounce back here. Yep, I like that call. Uh, we didn't get to him, but uh, Irv Smith was my second you know, tight end waiver wire ad this week. He's coming off the bye. He should be available in a lot of leagues. So, um, yeah, I think you're on the right track there for sure. Um, also missing mention uh, Harrison Bryant just because you know Jacoby Brissett, like you said, likes throwing to tight ends, and uh, David and Joku's out, so Harrison Bryant might get that role. But anyway, I go for none of those guys for my start of the week uh, this week. Uh, last week I told you to go with Robert Tunyon. Uh, he put up an onion, uh, not quite, but he was just you know like wide tight end twenty one or something like that. So not what you were looking for. It didn't break you, but uh, not not what you were looking for. 
Greg Dolchich versus the Jaguars is what you're looking for this week. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you to start my number one wide receiver or a tight end waiver wire ad. Uh, he's going to continue to produce, continue to get heavily targeted. Russell Wilson is supposed to be back this week. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad game, thing, but Greg Dolchich will produce either way. So start him up. Will you be okay mentally if this is the week that Kyle Pitts goes the fuck off on no. your bench? No, I will not. And I expect it to happen. That's what I, I benched Matt Ryan, and then he had that like QB three performance, and he's done nothing. Well, well you dropped him. So, but actually, besides that performance, that was a good move in the long run. That was so. a good move in the long run, but man, did it hurt that that week, week when I needed a QB two. I dropped yeah. him uh, to pick. And he was up quarterback Andy. three on the week, and, and <laughs> then I picked up Andy Dalton, and he did shit. Then I dropped him. And Andy Dalton goes off this last week. He, he did, uh, he so did, anybody he did. I drop, whether it's Allen Robinson, quarterbacks, it doesn't matter. They're going to go off. So I'll let you know who I drop on the next episode. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, if Kyle Pitts does go off and he's on Nathan's benches, uh, he probably will not be okay. So if it's just me next time, we know that Nathan is institutionalized. As long as I win, it's okay. If I lose because of that decision, <laughs> I will die. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I'll have to come visit you in the hospital. So, yep, uh, But anyways, well, thank you guys. We know it was a long episode, but man, there was just so much that happened this week and we had to talk about all of it. Um, and we appreciate you rocking with us as always be sure to like subscribe comment and uh, do all the things that help us out uh, tell your friends we really appreciate it a lot um, and we're going to keep chugging through this season despite the catastrophes despite the fact that all of my top dogs are basically dust um, we're still going to try to try to do our best to give you the best advice as, as, as it comes so uh, thank you guys we appreciate you as always and uh Nate, you got anything to add? Just hope you stop your fantasy death note episode you got going on over there. But uh... yeah, seriously, <laughs> seriously, it was it was a bad week for me. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I'll definitely be uh, on the waiver wire this week, replacing all of the guys that I drafted. But uh, anyways, until next week, we appreciate you a lot. For Nate, this is Josiah. Fantasy dogs out. <laughs> <laughs>